Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Ripple Effect Podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today. Whether you're watching this online or listening to it on the go, we are glad that you are here. Join Joining me in the studio today is Mr. Brian Sevitz, and then we also have Mr. Timothy Aaron Reeves. Aaron Timothy Reeves? I can never remember. Timothy Aaron Reeves. <laughs> And, uh, and we'll get to him here in a little bit. But before we do any of that, we have to give you the sponsor of the week, which Mr. Brian Sevitz has in his hand, and it is the... Fresh picked tomato. Bob the tomato. Yep, Bob the tomato. <laughs> Why is that the sponsor of the week? Well, for one thing, I've canned like 95 tomatoes uh-huh. this week into uh-huh. pizza sauce, pasta sauce, chili sauce, all those things. But I just thought it's summertime, and... This is the time where we get stuff like this. And um, I don't know. It's This is part of our life. Like it has been ever since I can remember. I know some people don't have gardens or access to stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I think it's cool that inside the front doors of the church, almost every week in the summer, there's either tomatoes, squash, zucchini. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really cool. People just share. There was and, cucumbers not that long ago. Yeah. Yeah, and you never know what's going to show up, but every week something somebody comes early and drops off some of their extra stuff. And um, yeah, for those people that don't have gardens or anything, uh, things like that at their own home, it's nice just to be able to pick some up. It is. So if you ever see uh, fresh produce just sitting out in the lobby, uh, if it doesn't have a specific sign that says don't touch, it's for you to grab, for you to take and enjoy. Uh, and that's just people in the congregation um, sharing uh, with kindness what they have with others. And uh, we're really grateful for all of you who do that and who bless others. So there you go. The sponsor of the week is a tomato. I don't think we're going to get a whole lot of uh, kickback for that. <laughs> Maybe some pasta sauce. Maybe. Uh, but we're glad you've joined us here today. Let's recap the last week. This past Sunday was, was a great Sunday. And uh, we are in our series called Pretty Ugly People. We've started the second week talking now about what do we do and how do we develop healthy, God-honoring relationships. And so we talked about seeking peace with those around us, seeking peace with those around us. Um, uh, Brian, how did your Sunday go? Music was great. Yeah. And this was one of those weeks practice was not so great. And then we made some adjustments, Uh and Sunday I thought went... Uh, pretty well no power outages during no, the service no. although there's many in the week yeah we had you know it's a little bit of a different sunday mm-hmm. because i put in um a song from the metrical psalter which that was different for i some people. loved it yeah where we sang mm-hmm. did you like it oh yeah song, <clears throat> sang song song 103 and then also you know basically sang a poem prayer from saint francis we After were, the sermon. <laughs> we were getting kind of liturgical. Yeah, we, we were. were getting a little liturgical <laughs> this past week. Um, I, so I didn't grow up in like a liturgical church, so I've always enjoyed those elements when you add them in. Um, singing the psalm, though, I was telling Brian uh, on Sunday, I had never done that. And singing scripture I've done before. You know, we do yeah. that every so often. But singing through a whole psalm, I thought was just a cool experience. Have you yeah. ever done that before? I hadn't myself, but one of the things that uh, me and Lydia talked about was, so when she was in Israel, 
they sung psalms like in Hebrew. Mm. And she, when one of the things she had to talk about, she's like, you forget when you're reading through it that this is poetry, this yeah. is music. Yeah, music. And you kind of get lost in the analogies, but then whenever it's put to music, the analogies make a lot more sense yeah. than reading them as literal scripture. Yeah. And I'm like, how long did that take somebody mm. to take the psalms, put them into a meter that rhymes and still holds on to the metaphors and everything mm-hmm. because usually you lose at least one of those in the translation mm-hmm. and there, and I, I've got of course the whole book of Psalms mm-hmm. uh, that that is put to a meter to all different tombs that people would recognize but not all of them are as good as others I mean well I'm like I was go- looking through the imprecatory Psalms and I'm like that would be interesting to sing that in church <laughs> <laughs> Brian's going to break out the jig an Irish jig tune barroom jig soon no, I thought it was great, and it was it was cool. You mentioned this that it felt like every verse the congregation got a little louder, yeah. and a little louder because we got a little more confident in mm-hmm. in the words that we were saying to the tune. I just thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so if you missed that service, if you missed that sermon about seeking peace with those around us, uh, we'd encourage you to go check it out at tlcc.church. A reminder that we are called to be peacemakers and uh, some principles that you can follow of how to accomplish that and, and, and what that looks like. Um, you, you, you were in the service. Mm-hmm. From your perspective, how did Sunday go? You know, you don't have to sugarcoat it for us. Just... I think Sunday went really well. I enjoyed both song service and the sermon. But there, uh, Sunday specifically, it was interesting at the end of the day, like after service, conversations that in our household that spouted from the sermon specifically mm-hmm. because like uh, when trying to seek peace one of the early thoughts that come up is okay boundaries mm-hmm. to keep peace up and uh, one thing that we really had to get into is that a boundary to seek peace is not 100% in someone's favor mm-hmm. you have to there's give and take whenever you want to seek peace and so finding that as a way to seek it yeah. was, a, was a common talk that rest of that day. And well, you, you and your wife are starting out, too, with a family and kind mm-hmm. of setting that up. What were you going to say? Well, I was, one, of your, one of your points are that charters and then talked about, like, isolation is not peace. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind mm-hmm. of what you're talking about. And I tend to be a... Uh, it wasn't isolation. I don't remember that. Anyway, you, you pull away. Yeah just to keep the peace well actually it's not keeping peace because internally uh-huh. there's still not peace in that relationship yeah, you can you attack do. or you can retreat retreat and yeah. uh, both of those are not forms of peace mm-hmm. even though you feel like you're either winning or right. avoiding it yeah. right yeah it is an interesting concept especially in today's culture when you can look at there's so many disagreements there's so many fighting there's so much like in order for you to be okay with me, you have to agree to these things that I believe in or agree to. And it's like, well, no. So if we're going to have peace, what does that actually look like? And it's not you stay over there and I stay over here, but having a conversation and how do we reconcile. And in my relationships, not only friendships, but even in my marriage and all of them, one of the things that I try to make clear is like there are times when you have to step away. When, yeah. But you have to start the process of stepping away from a solution with the acknowledgement and the intent that you're going to come back and talk through the problem because sometimes you're heated and you're going to say something you didn't mean to say 
and it needs to be solved and as long as you recognize and actually come back it's a it's a it's an interesting balancing act between all that and you said it uh i was just thinking about in a, in a marriage context because it's very easy to just be like walk away and be like yeah i don't want to talk i don't want to talk about this right now um and you might need that space but with the intention of yeah we got to actually deal with this mm-hmm. Well, I didn't mean to get into like marriage counseling and, and, and family dynamics. But if you did miss that service, it does bring up some interesting conversations. We encourage you to check it out at tlcc.church. All right, we got to give you the updates of the week, the TLCC top three, the top three things that you need to know going into this coming week. And they might be a little repetitive, but they matter. And uh, we want to give you some updates. So, Brian, what's the top three? Yep. Yeah, they are kind of the same things we've been talking about, but that's what's going on, so they're the top three. And the first one is the pool party. Yep. Saturday. Uh, this Saturday. Yeah, we hope it doesn't get, uh, I guess, stormed out again. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say anything against the rain, because the rain's been really nice, and we've <laughs> needed it. But we hope we get to have the pool party at 7 o'clock uh, mm-hmm. Saturday at the Aquatic Center we've paid for you to get in so and you can even bring a friend if you want i think we can have like what is it up to 300 people or something well if we have more than that what are they going to do we can do? bring they as can't many stop as, us. well they can <laughs> there's a fire limit or whatever uh, yeah. but uh yeah, yeah i think it was up to 300 mm-hmm. yeah. second thing is xyz ice cream social so that's for our 55 plus age group mm-hmm. and that's uh sunday this coming sunday evening at six o'clock and Sarah was saying, just to remind those of you who committed to bring a dessert or ice cream to do that. Please don't That's forget. Yeah. <laughs> they need you to bring it. <laughs> and then the following Sunday is our whole church party. We're calling Barbara Community. That's not our term. I stole that from a church I was at on my sabbatical, <laughs> but I liked it. I figured out a lot of people don't know how to pronounce that. It's been difficult. I've heard it a lot of different ways. Barba community. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we're providing the hot dogs and buns and drinks, and we're asking you to bring a side dish or a dessert just to throw in with the meal. And if you want to be a part of the competition, we need you to let us know. You can comment if you're watching this online or... Uh, you know, send us a message, email, whichever way you want to do it, but let us know and there'll be a prize for the winner mm-hmm. and it has to include some kind of barbecued meat in your competition. Is there going to be a second place prize because my macaroni salad's taken the first. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about that and if, if we get a lot of people that want to participate in the competition, we might do a second or third place prize. If, uh, if there's not as many, we're just going to do one first mm-hmm. place prize. So, there's your top three uh, that you need to know about. Saturday, we've got the pool party coming up, and then the XYZers are going to have their ice cream party coming up, and then uh, later we're having our barbecue community, uh, which will be a potluck dinner. And if you want to participate in the competition of cooking some kind of barbecue that will include meat, we'll have uh, that happening that night as well. So, there you go. There's a sign up sheet for that contest. Uh, in the lobby and also in the main uh, uh, service mm-hmm. room by the guest welcome sign. Yep. All right. Well, we wanted to bring um, we wanted to bring you back on, Aaron, because uh, you have finished your internship. Mm-hmm. Technically, your hours technically are done with the school. Yeah. Technically, with school, your hours are done. You're going to hang around for a little bit longer. But I want to just give a chance for me to ask you a few questions about your experience 
uh, your take on the church mm-hmm. and uh, just your overall view on some of the things that you've gone through this summer. So first and foremost, what has been something you've enjoyed about your time at Timberlake Christian Church? And then um, without sugarcoating it, what's something that's been challenging about your time uh, this summer uh, here at the church? So one of the things I've enjoyed about Timberlake is something that I enjoyed even before the internship, and that's just the community. Um, before the internship, me and my wife tried to come here as much as we possibly could. There's some Sundays that we're just <laughs> watch it online. Mm-hmm. But when we did, it was when we would come the next week, it was noticed that we were gone. Mm-hmm. And so that was always nice, like feeling like we were actually wanted here. Mm-hmm. But on the internship, something that's been challenging, and I've really appreciated the challenge on is speaking up. Because mm-hmm. it's always hard for me to express my opinion mm-hmm. because I don't want to come across as rude mm-hmm. or like I'm overstepping. Mm-hmm. And throughout the internships, especially you guys and the rest of the leadership has really in- invited me in and accepted the input that I've had when- during meetings and when we're working on projects. And it's helped me build the confidence that I I do know what I'm talking about sometimes and whenever I'm wrong sometimes <laughs> yeah sometimes and whenever I'm wrong you guys were willing to correct me and show me what which direction to move to get it right yeah. and so that's that's been a challenging thing that but I've also really enjoyed during the internship is there something about this church cuz you know every church is unique and different is there something about this church that um has been different than the churches that you've used to that you're used to growing up um and maybe something that you've appreciated that's different and something that's like oh it's taken some use to because it's different they're kind of they're kind of it's kind of the same answer to both and it's, it took me a bit to get used to how much of a cycling there is between the different people who help with like music especially like on Sundays because the churches I'm used to they have a set worship team and there may be like two groups that rotate on and off but the worship team here just has people that rotate on and off for because different drummers play the drums different ways different guitarists play the guitars different way and so you're able to not only have that community in the church that is active and participating in it but you also get to experience multiple different types of worship music in different fields. Mm-hmm. And so I've really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. But it took a while to get used to that because growing up, you're used to the consistency. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, I also appreciate that there is both modern music, like modern worship music, and <laughs> hymns. Mm-hmm. Because I grew up in a very hymn-heavy church. Mm-hmm. And then from that church went to a church that was only the newer music, only like mm-hmm. the praise music. And sometimes you just want to and sing <laughs> some I'll Fly Away on a Sunday morning. But it's, it, it's been nice being able to have that mix of music. Well, the reason I looked at Brian is because we have this conversation every so often about, yeah. you know, do you have one set group? Do you, you know... Do you try to pursue quality and keep it, you know, not quality, but a certain level of like, this is what we're going after? Because some Sundays when you have a flute and a, a salt, how do you how do you say the salter? Or yeah, salt. It's not a salter. It's from a salter. A salter. Yeah. A salter is the boat. The 
but <clears throat> from the Psalms, yeah. a Psalter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, other Sundays you've got a uh, electric guitar lead, you know, yeah. rocking it out. So we had that conversation a lot. And to be honest, I feel like every time we talk about it, we can land in different spaces. Because mm-hmm. you can understand, like, the benefits of both. Mm-hmm. There are pros and cons to our approach, and it's shifted some since I've been here. I mean, <clears throat> we've always blended things because that's when I was hired here. Like that's what that's the mandate I was given. Was mm-hmm. We're polarized. We've got this group that's like traditional early morning riser group, and we've got then the latecomers, all modern. We hate hymns, mm-hmm. and they're like neither one of these is healthy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, after fifteen plus years, you're like that can get to be a rut we're in too so mm-hmm. that's that's the evaluation and it, and that goes back to what you were saying earlier too like one of the things that you've been a part of is we invite each other into those conversations partly because i mean he's a musician too and he leads some but i want to know the pulse of the congregation like are we too diverse like mm-hmm. there's a good diversity is good as far as style but like we can't be everything mm-hmm. you know so there are constantly well not constantly but I'd say once once a year or twice a year we sit down and have that conversation about what direction are we heading there's definitely consistent evaluation on that mm-hmm. yeah and it's and it's different whether or not I'm in the congregation singing along or if I'm in Blame. the drums mm-hmm. because like the Sundays that I've gotten into it the most have been the Sundays where we have Sundays that we have like those high energy praise songs and then we go into that old worship hymn following it Mm -hmm. that energy just the flow through it and i just i get into it Mm -hmm. but it's a different feel in both both times for those of you that are hearing and listening and watching this i think one of the takeaways for you to know is that we we do have a we want to head in a certain direction we want to do things well we want to praise god we want to include people in it but we also are questioning and constantly evaluating and uh, there's some convictions that you you've land, brian you've landed on and and convictions that the church has landed on but we're still figuring out and constantly evolving on how do we best worship as a group together mm-hmm. and i guess it's important i think it's important for you to know the people who are leading it are constantly thinking through, praying through, you know, working on how do we do this together. So it's not a we have a set rule book and that's the only thing we do and we're never going to do anything yeah. different. Like there's there's somebody one week um, and they weren't intending to say anything that was offensive or or anything, but they said something. I think the phrase they used was, "Well, once in a while." Uh, you throw them a bone Mm -hmm. and this was in regards to me putting a hymn in the service that day Mm -hmm. and I kind of got defensive or maybe went on the offense there saying that's not why I picked that song Mm -hmm. Uh, and and I explained this and this goes back to what you're saying about the diversity like both services every single Sunday I see uh, sometimes three generations of a family yeah sitting in a, a row together mm-hmm. I want each one of them to be able to participate now certain weeks maybe more uh, lean one way than the other but if we're a multi-generational church that ought to be reflected in the way we plan mm-hmm. and I mean we do the same thing with our sermons too I mean 
different weeks are maybe going to speak more to a certain demographic than others but right. from week to week we're thinking about all those groups and I do the same thing with the music um, uh, this week was I don't know what I was aiming at this week with the target but I <laughs> guess it's good. just uh, uh, I think to pick one target and this was one of the recent conversations we had and say I'm just going to plan everything toward 20 somethings misses the mark of what the church Sunday morning is supposed to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, really that kind of goes back to this whole conversation that we had on Sunday about seeking peace is you can you can be at peace with those of different generations worshiping alongside people that may have different tastes and preferences than you when the heart is right and when the heart is focused on somehow in some way I'm going to worship God collectively with this group and as long as we're doing it well and focused on doing it well I think uh, that's what matters the most mm-hmm. um, Aaron what's what are you most excited about you're about to become a new uh, uh, not a new you're about to become a dad how do we say that are you I think, I think it you're is technically well no I mean like like mm. your child is growing already yeah but but you're my, not, my wife's the only one yeah she's the one okay yeah, just, <laughs> so you don't have any responsibility <laughs> what are you most looking forward to your, your wife is uh, how far along now 23, 24 weeks. We're over the halfway mark. Yeah. What are you most excited about? What are you looking forward to? What are you scared about? What, what, are, you, what are you feeling about this new new adventure? I'm ready for, and we can say her. I'm ready for her to be here. Um, it's a girl. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm nervous about being a dad. Because, like, so in ministry, I take the scripture very seriously about that if you were to cause one of these little ones to stumble, it would be better for a millstone to be tied around your neck and cast into the depths of the sea. I try to live in reverence of that passage Mm -hmm. just constantly with everything I do, and that is something that I weigh with all my choices. And as much as I have to constantly consider that when... I'm interacting with youth and other people outside of my household. I'm soon going to have one in my household. Mm-hmm. And so it's 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 a little shaky. And they get time. to see behind the curtain of yeah. whatever else doesn't get to see too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that that's, that makes me a little nervous cuz I'm like kind of reevaluating like am I doing everything right? Where do I need to adjust? But there's a lot of memories that I'm ready to make mm. and there's a lot of things that my dad did with me when I was younger that I'm ready to do with Ari mm. but yeah there's a lot mm. yeah but Brent when you when you had uh, I mean you didn't have him but when, <laughs> when Jessica had Preston and you became a dad like in that what was the realization the moment that hit you because I feel like every dad has a moment of like okay, I'm a dad. You know, sometimes it's in the hospital, sometimes it's later. Did you have a moment of, like, the the weight of responsibility hits you of, like, oh, my, this is going to change everything? I mean, I think it was in the hospital. I remember having multiple moments, so I don't... I don't remember, like, the one moment. Mm -hmm. But usually, I mean, I loved nap time because I would let him... You know, curl up on me, and we mm-hmm. both have a nap at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But those were the times, like, when there's nothing else going on, there's nothing on TV or anything where I'm like, I'm responsible for this person. <laughs> like, <laughs> this little more, than, more than anything I do in ministry here at the church or anything else, yeah. there's more weight to that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, and now we're getting to the point where it's like, he's... You're releasing him. Very, I mean, mm-hmm. it's weird because he just turned 12. And it's like, now... You have to start loosening your grip a little bit, and it's like, okay, he's going to a sleepover. He's making his own choices. I have no idea what he's doing mm. with these other, you know, preteen boys tonight. But uh, it's just there's these different seasons where, and they all have weight to them. Mm. And I mean, you know, just like you were saying a while ago, you just constantly make adjustments. Like you're not gonna do everything perfect. Mm-hmm. So. I don't even know what that would look like to be, you know, the perfect dad because, you know, we can all think think about things we do better. Yeah. But it does feel different, like you said, different than anything else uh, with you that you do with anything else. More uh, there's more weight to that than than being a professor at college, you know, because there's responsibility to all those things and with the, you know, our flock here at church but when it's your own, mm-hmm. it's different. And like for me and Lydia, what was really, what's been really difficult, and a lot of responsibility that's hit ever since she got pregnant, was the fact that this is coming off the back of a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And because like whenever we first decided to start trying, it, it was really quick, and we were really excited because like there's like things that are like oh, your first time, it's going to take some time to yeah. for to have a kid. And it just, and we were pregnant, and it was great, and we lost it. Yeah. And then there's all these, like the doctors and the books are like, yeah, right after a miscarriage, it's easier mm-hmm. to get pregnant because, like, the hormones and all that. And it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And it took, oh, it took, like, I think six-ish months. Mm-hmm trying to of constant trying because like we wanted a kid yeah and so it was hard and then it we had kind of given up like it'll happen when it happens but we need to not get our hopes up anymore and then this one came along and it's just been there's been a lot of excitement mm-hmm. throughout like, every step especially at 20 weeks being able to feel her move yeah like that was very exciting there's just dread that I have to keep away is what if what if but you can't live by what ifs and that's what we got to keep remembering well we've been really grateful for you and uh, Aaron will be around for a little bit longer he's got school starting up and when that happens and his time as officially with his internship will end here but um, you guys aren't moving back to Oklahoma for a little while, mm-hmm. so we'll still see you around. Yep. And uh, you can still spot him by his pink hair and um, yellow glasses. And just be uh, sure to thank him for his work and his uh, service here and the time that he spent and uh, giving it to the congregation, helping me and uh, helping us uh, here as we go about different ministries. All right, I want to give you the blessing of the week as we end. Uh, This comes from a book called A Church Called Tov. And this is a a church about peace, uh, a a book, excuse me, about peacemaking and being a church of peacefulness. And they had a section in here that I thought was just good that I'd like to end on today. 
I was talking about what do I specifically do in order to uh, help make peace and be at peace with those around me. Um, and it was, uh, the author writes about a professor at Oxford, uh, Teresa Morgan, uh, who decided to use her gifts in a certain way and she wrote this letter and they included it in this book. She said this, I didn't see myself as a priest in my parish or a lecturer at work, but as someone living faith in several places. Bit by bit, a few ideas began to germinate about how someone might be a priest in and for their working community. I would not involve talking about religion very much unless other people wanted to. Most of my colleagues were not religious uh, or were religious but not Christian. I respected them personally. I respected their religions and other communities. I did not plan to give them indigestion by telling them over lunch what I thought they ought to believe. It seemed to me that ministering at work should be more about showing than telling. And here's the part I want you to focus on, the practical application of being at peace and bringing peace to those around me. She writes this, day by day, I would try to be attentive to the people around me, especially if they were in need of practical help encouragement or just a listening ear. I would speak out and act, if necessary, against inequality, unkindness, or injustice. I would try to live in harmony with my colleagues and students and to foster forgiveness and reconciliation whenever we fell out. I would look for ways of teaching, writing, taking part in meetings, or doing routine administration that made my institution, her working area, a more loving and peaceful and joyful place and helped it share those qualities with the wider world. Finally, I would say every day to God, not my will, but yours be done, and wait and see what God did with my obedience. And that was a practical plan that she had for bringing peace to particularly her workspace, but wherever she is. And I think, practically speaking, being at peace with all people is as far as it depends upon you, means God, not my will be done, but yours, how will you use me today? So I pray that that will encourage you, but also challenge you to have that same prayer. God, how do you want to use me today? And how can I bring your peace to those around me? We love you guys. We hope you have a great rest of the week. And we'll see you here next week on the Ripple Effect Podcast.